what time it is. It's time for another episode of the 3-in-1 Podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, give it up for international Ian Lamont Morgan. What is happening in the building? And joining us from Cincinnati, Ohio, give it up for Keith Turner Jr. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bengals are undefeated. The Buckeyes are undefeated. Keith Turner Jr. is feeling good. What's up, everybody? And from the capital city, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. And I would also like to add the Bobcats are undefeated. So add that to the mix. All right, Malcolm. I'll give you that. Um, So what's going on, guys? How's everybody doing? Yo, we are. Ian, you said you're feeling good? I'm feeling pretty good, Keith. How about you? Good, man. Man, we're tired, but we're hanging in there. We are hanging in there. <laughs> For real. Exhausted. I kind of feel like, I don't know, I feel like, I don't feel like I'm winning. I don't feel like I'm losing. Oh, don't do I feel it. Like don't do I'm it. I'm tying oh, somewhere. Right. I don't know. All right. World. Watch your comments. Watch everything. You come for me. I promise I'm emptying the clip, as the kids say. Look, you guys, I'm going to drop a quick fact for you guys. The Cleveland Browns are off to their best start since 2014. This is historic <laughs> territory we're in right now. I can't even oh, be mad man. at this because I was equally <laughs> as upset. Listen, man. It's, it's, it's one thing to come in last. It's another thing to come in first. It's a completely different thing to just be in purgatory at the end of the game. Oh, my gosh. So, what did Donovan McNabb say? I, I didn't even know you could tie. We could tie? <laughs> right here, right here, right here. <laughs> Oh, shoot. So we'll, we'll get to the NFL a little bit later, but we're going to get started off with college football week yeah. two. We've had two weeks of college football so far. Uh, we weren't um, on the podcast week one, but we're back. And so let's talk about which teams are you most impressed with so far two weeks into the season? Oh man, um, I think for me one of the one of the teams that I think will be um, very good to watch is the University of Houston. Um, mm. They were extremely good the first two weeks, put up forty five points on both of their opponents. Now, granted, both teams were not um, ranked. But Arizona was one of those teams with Kevin Sumlin coming in that people had, you know, high hopes for. And they just literally punched Arizona and Kevin Sumlin straight in the mouth. Um, Like, and it was ugly. I watched it and it was ugly. I mean, Ed Oliver is absolutely unreal. Um, Most predict he's going to be, you know, the number one pick um, overall in, you know, next year's NFL draft. That defense just rallies around him. The offense, their quarterback, literally used to be a wide receiver. Um, and De'Aaron King is literally thrown for like over 500 yards in two games. Houston looks really good. Um, so that's one of the teams that's like, you know, not necessarily, you know, where people focus on them before. Um, and I think they're going to raise some raise some eyebrows, especially the way they beat Arizona. Um, so, so them for sure. And of course... Um, you have to look at Georgia um, going to South Carolina week two um, in SEC, you know, battle. Of course, it would always be tough. And they literally just destroyed them, uh, put up 41, held them to 17. It was ugly um, for South Carolina. A lot of people thought South Carolina had what it potentially took to, to either keep it close or even to upset them. And Georgia was like, nah, dog. Um, <laughs> not, not at all. So, um, thus far, those are two teams that kind of stick out to me. One that's, you know, ranked in, you know, of course we, they were my national championship team, um, uh, to begin the season, but they looked extremely great. Um, and those Cougars, they, I'm telling you guys, look out for them. I think they're going to really, uh, raise some eyebrows this year. Um, and shout out to Herman Edwards, uh, for beating Michigan state. Week two. Hey man, that's some good stuff. I, 
on the other hand, I got to go with uh, them Aggies, man. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M. Now, some of you may be saying, Ian, do you know that they lost? And I'll be saying, <laughs> you, I don't care that they lost. Um, it, it was such a good game um, from the highlights that I saw. <laughs> I even tried to I, – I literally know. Looking at how it ended and looking at that late game surge uh, that they put on against Clemson, I actually went back to, to try and find um, the whole game because it was looking pretty compelling. Um, and, you know, I think we talked about A&M for a quick little bit in our preview. Uh, but, man, um, between Kellen Mond and uh, uh, what's, what's the receiver? Rodgers, old boy. Um, yeah, I mean, between I th- the, that yeah. chemistry that they had yeah, uh, and, you know, just ending the game in controversy. Um, but just looking at how they hung in there with Clemson was, was impressive. Um, you know, of course, they had the first game that they won against, I think it was like Northwestern something, Northwestern State, uh, the powerhouse that is Northwestern State. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I you know, just on the radar because I was – really checking for the teams that I shouted out <laughs> in the preview, um, <laughs> you know, because I was going to do what you do. You know, naturally, you highlight the ones that are doing well, and you just ignore the other ones. Um, but, no, that that did catch my eye. Um, I think, you know, I'm looking forward to see what they're doing too well two weeks from last Saturday, uh, which would be their game against Alabama. And by all means, I'm not saying that they're going to upset Alabama, but – I think that there's there's something compelling there. I hope Alabama is not looking past them. Mm-hmm. I um, hope they are actually. Well, yes, I'm saying as a, I do too. Please beat Alabama. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, that has the makings of a trap game. They don't necessarily. Uh, Bama doesn't have anything too serious coming up until they get LSU, and that's in November. And so can't call it a, a true trap game. No, not at all. Um, but if they're looking ahead of schedule and just thinking that they're going to roll these teams, I think A&M is, is one to look out for um, um, to see if they can catch them sleeping. So I'm I'm quietly uh, in our never-ending plot to see Alabama go down. I'm kind of circling <laughs> that A&M game is something to watch, watch out for. Yeah, A&M is definitely on my list, too. I watched most of the uh, Clemson game. I was flipping back and forth between a few games, but um, they really, for a while, I thought they weren't going to be able to kind of keep up with them. I thought the defense of Clemson would wear them down, but they really were able to make plays. Kellen Mond working both in and out of the pocket. He really impressed me with his ability to get the ball down the field um, and get the ball to his playmakers. Um, I'd like to see them continue to use that running game with Travion Williams, my dynamic running back and they've got a a just they seem to always have two or three just big long fast receivers um and i think that they could be a force to be working with in the sec um another team that um i'm kind of impressed with so far as auburn um look like they are set up once again to be um contenders in that sec west they won their their first week game against washington pretty impressively um, and I'm really looking forward to them um, in their game this uh, this upcoming week, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but Jared Stedham looks as good as as any quarterback in the country, and for you know they they find running backs. You know they they are committed to um, that spread attack with with multiple running backs getting carries, and I think that um, moving forward they could be another dangerous team. Uh, one more team uh, just to keep on our eyes on is a uh, Mississippi State. Um, Nick Fitzgerald is a really talented quarterback. Joe Moorhead taking over there uh, was calling plays in Penn, at Penn State last year, um, his first year as the head coach. Uh, I really like their quarterback, and uh, if they can keep the offense rolling, they could be a problem down the road in the SEC as well. Hmm. So those are the teams that we like, but what are the teams that we're a little worried about two weeks in? <clears throat> I don't know if worried is the correct sentiment. But University of Michigan fans, let's talk. Because <laughs> <laughs> you drop your opener against Notre Dame, and there are no slouches, um, you know. So I, we won't we won't too much pressure that. And yeah, you came back and uh and and did some great things against Western Michigan, 
and that's that's cool. But uh, no, I think uh, I, I think we're seeing the coach on the hot seat. I think Mr. Harbaugh. I mean, especially with a really rough second half of the schedule. I mean, with Wisconsin and um, Michigan State, Penn State, um, and then you know Ohio State, pretty much all in those, those four opponents in six weeks. Um, I, I I think we really have to start questioning if the Harbaugh era um, is coming to a close. Is um, that Shea what Patterson. I said in the preview of year? You, I mean, I, I'll give you your due, sir. Um, <laughs> because I, I didn't I didn't see it happening. I mean, I really did not think they would drop that opening game against Notre Dame, and I don't know why. I think Notre Dame is kind of just kind of on the outskirts of my mind sometimes. But man, um, and not that they got blown out either, but uh, that's still a game that I think you gotta have if you really expect to contend in this conference. And so, I feel good about it. <laughs> I just oh. want to know if, uh, if if our UM fans, you know, if they have any type of explanation, you know, maybe Shea Patterson had you know stomach ache or some I don't I don't know, but uh, but I don't know what what realistic expectations this team can have. To not be, uh, I, I dare I say, three loss, um, if not more, um, you know, before the before the season ends. So we'll see what happens of them. But uh, yeah, it's it's not looking good. Yeah, um, is that your only one in? That's the only one I want to talk about. I just want those UM fans to just you know just chew on it, let it marinate for a second. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was thinking about going that way too, um, but I'll take the um, the boys down south, um, a team that I literally um, before was thinking, you know, with the entrance of Dan Mullen coming to the University of Florida, um, <clears throat> that they were you know really going to turn some heads and all, and they turn around and in week two um, <laughs> allow the University of Kentucky, who we only talk about when it comes to college basketball and John Calipari, um, they allowed them to end a 31-game streak. Um, Dan Mullen, and honestly, in the presser, Dan Mullen was just, you know, talking about how they have to be, you know, more physical and missed a ton of tackles, but that team just did not look inspired. They did not look like they, you know, believed that they were going to win. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to what to think after that. Um, now, it could be one of those deals just like, you know, Tim Tebow, uh, when, when they lost a, a pretty important game, he, you know, made a promise that, you know, he would work his tail off and they come back and win, a, and, you know, win a national championship. Now, Florida's not going to win a national championship this year. However, um, I don't know. I don't know what to expect, but I am a little worried. Um, uh, Florida is a program that, you know, since Urban Meyer left has not been the same and they are, they're wanting to win, of course. So I'm a little worried about them. Um, I do believe, uh, in Dan Mullen and I believe he can turn the program around. I think there was like a story that some running back was transferring after the loss to Kentucky already. So, um, I don't know. He's got his work cut out for him, so I am a little worried for him. Um, but the team who I would um, really be concerned with is uh, Michigan State. Um, losing to Arizona State, don't get me wrong, Herm Edwards, you know, um, is a great coach. Uh, well, at least let me say he was a great NFL coach. Um, but them being upset um, early in this year um, with a team that literally already was very rocky, um, they haven't been the same since Connor Cook um, left the program. Not to say that he was this it just immaculate quarterback at Michigan State, but um, then losing Arizona State's a big deal, um, an unranked team at that. Um, so uh, they're not going to be able to, you know, beat the likes of you know Ohio State and um, Wisconsin and Penn State um, with a performance like they turned in this past Saturday. So. Those are teams that concern that if I were fans of those programs, I would ha definitely have concerns. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm all for Michigan continuing to lose. So go yeah, Buckeyes. Say, what is <laughs> up with the state of Michigan? 
Man, Oof. they just ain't Ohioans. You know, that's it. You know, they don't they don't do it like us up here. Right. Malcolm is is probably seething right now. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just laughing. Y'all are y'all are throwing up the panic button real early on. Uh, uh, they they lose one game in Gainesville. He's already like, I never mind. They not my dark horse pick anymore. <laughs> wait, wait, who you ta- who speaking of? Florida? So fast. <laughs> What'd you say? You talking about Florida? Yeah. I mean, I'm just you saying in the preview that was one of your dark horse teams. They they are. I'm just saying that I have concerns <laughs> after the way the team looked against Kentucky. I'm not saying that you know. I mean, those are the teams I'm I'm worried about, honestly. And what's, what's funny is, I mean, my number two pick would have been Florida State. So this it's Michigan and Florida, Keith. We we just, you know what? We synced up, bro. <laughs> so I will just say for the record, I am not worried about either one of those teams. <laughs> so really, um, but the team that I am worried about is Florida State. Um, no, well, yeah, they of were, they were. It completely embarrassed uh, opening weekend against Virginia Tech. Uh, they did not show up to that game at all, and it it took everything they had to beat Samford last week. Uh, FCS Samford at that. Um, so I think they need to be uh, very worried. Willie Taggart, this team should be better. I mean, Cam Akers only ran for 76 yards on 14 carries against an FCS opponent. Um, and as talented as, as Akers is, he should be rolling up the yards against a team like that. Um, so they've got to look themselves in the mirror and, and figure out how they're gonna um, how they're gonna improve their play moving forward because the ACC schedule is no joke. Um, yeah. And they still have Notre Dame on the schedule. They still have to play Clemson. They still have to play Miami. Uh, Syracuse is not going to be an easy game. BC is really good this year. Um, so. This could be one of those years where uh, it, it could get rough in a hurry if they don't write the ship. Um, the other team that I'm I'm concerned about in a different kind of way is 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 um, USC. Um, they just I, I watched a little bit of that Stanford game yes or last week and they just don't seem to be able to get enough big chunk plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stanford was really able to kind of control that offense keep them out of the perimeter and put a lot of pressure on that freshman quarterback. Um, and JT Daniels, as we talked about during our preview is, is a, is a, is a true freshman quarterback. And if they're going to do anything, he's got to up his level of play um, and get this team there. And he just doesn't look quite ready to do that yet. Um, so we might, I might have to back put a little bit on USC as a, as a possible contender in the pac 12 uh, and moving forward as well. Granted, I did not have them winning their division. But I thought that they might have enough talent. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, those are kind of the teams we're worried about. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, these new look Sooners down in Norman. Kyler Murray filling the shoes of Baker Mayfield. We talked a little bit about this transition from Baker to Kyler Murray uh, in our in our preview. Um, what do you guys see as the ceiling for the Sooners um, this year? Ah, ceiling. Um, honestly, like they they did look good. Honestly, in in both, um, I was able to catch you know highlights, um, of both games. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray looks good. Um, they're a team that has the potential to still get to the playoff. Honestly, um, I think that's their absolute ceiling. Um, I don't think they'll have enough, um, to win a championship, uh, to beat a team like an Alabama, um, a Georgia, um, or even an Ohio state. Um, I would love to see another around three this year. Too bad. They're not playing again, Malcolm. Too bad. Uh, that's just too bad. Um, you probably wouldn't <laughs> like the outcome Malcolm this year. Um, uh, but trash talk for from Ohio you State said, who has played you no one but uh, the Ohio School for the Blind this uh, <laughs> in the first couple of years, a couple of weeks of the season. You said what now? I said there's a lot of talk about Ohio State for a team that hasn't played anybody but the Ohio School for the Blind early in the uh, 
Easy, easy. Oregon State is not that bad. Number one. They're trash. What are you talking about? Listen, listen. I'm telling you, their Who's offense their is gonna their offense is gonna surprise a few people. And if if they sleep on Oregon State, they'll they'll put up like thirty. So now they're you know their defense is awful. Um, but this TCU game will be will be huge. Anyways, back to Oklahoma. As I was saying, um, they they're they're going to you know. Um, Either fly high and soar with Kyler Murray, or, um, or he can you know take them down into the depths of you know um, of conference play. We don't know, but I definitely think they have the talent. Based off you know a couple games thus far, we'll we'll continue to see they do have some talent, some talent that could get them into the playoffs. So I think that would be their ceiling. Honestly, would be a spot in that Final Four. Yeah, um, I mean. All is looking well. Like you said, Murray is looking good. Um, I like that they they are kind of progressing him along. I think he only what, threw maybe like 11 passes in that first game, and his last one mm-hmm. they opened it up to about 30-something. So, um, and he's also getting it done um, with his legs, and that's that's promising. You know, anytime you have a dual threat like that, uh, we got some good talent around him. I think they had something like four rushing touchdowns. So they're kind of getting it from all around, which um, which is what you need to do. You know, not put too much pressure. Try and keep guys fresh. Um, again, I've been you know really kind of harping on scheduling, but you know with a stretch where they got Baylor, Texas, TCU, um, you know all back to back. I think it's it's it, it remains to be seen. I, but they're trending in the right direction. Uh, whether or not you know they they hold out and finish strong. Uh, it remains to be seen, but um, I got to be honest, you know, just from what I saw, what I have seen, um, mostly in the UCLA game, not so much the Florida Atlantic, but um, uh, just, you know, from highlights, you know, things like that, you got to consider the competition, but it's it's looking pretty <laughs> legit. It's looking like, you know, like they may be able to do a thing or three in that they're Big 12. Um so, like I said, that TCU matchup is going to be huge, but I, I personally have them going undefeated into that game. And then I think that's, I mean, for them, I think that's really where where the rubber meets the road. So, um, as much as I don't want to give Malcolm the satisfaction, um, I do think Oklahoma is, is deserving of that number five spot. And uh, they're, they're, you gotta, you got to look out for them. you, you got to respect what they're, uh, what they're putting together. So, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I don't like the I, name uh, Kyler though. For the record, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I well, you ain't got the you ain't gotta like the name. What oh, okay. scores touchdowns out here? No, um, <laughs> Oklahoma. I've been I've been really impressed with Kyler Murray. Um, he obviously brings a different dimension to Baker Mayfield does the offense with the called runs. Um, and just his explosiveness. I'm concerned about the the loss of Rodney Anderson for the mm-hmm. year at the running back position. Yeah. Um, but they may be able to mitigate that a little bit. Uh, Trey Sermon is a solid back, and obviously, when you have a a quarterback like Kyler Murray, he can help. But their their weapons on the outside are just with C.D. Lamb, um, Hollywood Brown. Um, they can really stretch the field vertically. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that how this plays out. They've got some tough games, and and we'll see what happens. So let's talk a little bit about week three real quick. Um, in my opinion, eh, I guess there's, there could be some debate on this, but the, the game that I have my eye on is the Ohio State TCU game at in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not at TCU, but it's in Dallas. Um, what do you guys see as the keys to this game real quick? Um, we're going to hit these next um, these next three games uh, for next week quick. But what are the what are the keys to this game uh, for both teams? Uh, the quarterback play. At the end of the day, you you live you live and die for the most part by the way your quarterback plays. And I am loving what I've seen from Dwayne Haskins thus far. Um, he's an extremely accurate quarterback. Um, doesn't want to automatically take off like JT Barrett. Um, so that the quarterback matchup will be incredible to watch, honestly. So we'll see who gets the who gets the better of the two. Yeah, um, kind of on that same thing. I was just gonna say turnovers. Uh, mm-hmm. Haskins has been good. You know, I think nine touchdowns to one pick. 
Um, and that keeps you in, you know, keeps you in the ball game. They haven't had competition where they need you to worry about much. Uh, but you don't want to get a Horn Frogs more possessions. Um, and you also don't want to give them field position. And so you kind of, uh, I'm looking to, you know, as long as he can keep the turnovers down, um, not give up, you know, two, three picks, I think, you know, they, they should be in good. They should be pretty good to have not too tough of an, uh, of an evening with TCU. Yeah, but the the thing with Ohio State's defense, though, is they struggle with, you know, dual threat quarterbacks. You know, last year, Baker tore him up, you know. Um, so, Sean Robinson is going to be an interesting thing to keep my eye on. You know, how well the the, the Buckeyes defense um, can maintain a pretty decent dual threat quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I think with those two young quarterbacks, it, to me, it's going to be the, the playmakers around them. So, for Ohio State – can they get J.K. Dobbins and and uh, Mike Weber going in the running game? And then TCU, can they get the ball to Kevontae Turpin um, out of the backfield as a wide receiver, uh, Wildcat, all of that? Um, I think those are going to be the key to the game. And what kind of defense can Gary Patterson dial up um, to put pressure on Haskins that he hasn't faced so far this year? Um, he's a young quarterback, first road game, um, and – Gary Patterson is one of the best in the country at coaching up defense, so it'll be interesting to see what they do to try to limit him. Game number two, marquee game number two that we're looking at is an early SEC conference matchup, Auburn hosting LSU. Um, I'll get this one started off. I'm interested to see if this LSU defense is as good as advertised. Uh, Their defense has looked really good early, um, and that's kind of been the staple of their team over the last almost decade. Um, but can they contain Jared Stidham in this high-powered offense? They like to run the ball and then use that to get the play-action pass. But can those linebackers and defensive backs hold up under the pace that they're going to play um, for the whole game? That's my big question uh, going into that matchup. What do you guys think? Yeah, that was uh, that was really the big thing is uh, can they stop Auburn's run game? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nate, um, I mean, they, they made a killing. They ate. Very well, <laughs> um, in in that the game against sure enough Alabama State, but um, you know Whitlow one twenty one hundred twenty two yards, um, Shivers one hundred seventeen yards and a touch. Yeah. Um, they had a, a few other guys who actually five of the guys who had rushing touchdowns, and so um, I think that's really the name of the game. It's going to be important to see what that defensive front can do uh, with that run game. Like you said, the pace, but. Um, uh, specifically, you know, uh, try and try and snub that ground attack as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, LSU played Miami and they played them well, but I'm really intrigued to see how Joe Burrow is going to do in his first big SEC test. Um, mm-hmm. Because, of course, he had, you know, some experience playing a little bit in the Big Ten, but this will be the best defense he's faced by far. Um, so I'm interested to see the game plan um, that Ed Orgeron is going to draw up for um, Joe Burrow and how effective he can be with a very stingy uh, Auburn defense as well. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch him play, though. Especially after a poor yeah. showing against Miami. Because he, yeah, he, he was not efficient uh, throwing the ball against, uh, against the Hurricanes. And so... Here you are now against Auburn. Got to do a lot better than that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he was horrible in that game. Um, 11 of 24, you know, had 140 yards, um, 14 yards on the ground. It was like, you know, it got them the job done. You're right. It wasn't, you know, you didn't throw 50%. Um, but, you know, again, that was his first game. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And then lastly, the third kind of marquee game we're looking at, USC traveling to Texas to take on the Longhorns. So two teams coming off losses, but two teams that do have high expectations for this year. Obviously, this is a rematch of that famous national championship game with Vince Young uh, versus uh, those Trojans led by Reggie Bush. Wait, Texas lost to Tulsa? Huh? Texas lost to Tulsa? No, uh, Texas lost week one. They didn't lose. Oh, the last game. Maryland, Maryland. Okay, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. Right. Um, sorry about that. Yeah, they uh, Texas won last week, but um, lost in week one to Maryland. 
but um, both teams are coming into the game one and one. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys see as the keys to this one? Ian, what you think? As far as the keys to the game, um, I really just – I don't know what I have as the keys to the game. It's, it's really been tough for me to kind of get a beat on – on what USC is doing. And naturally, I'm looking at things from the USC side because I picked them to be a big winner this season. So, <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, that, that first game against Stanford was was pretty brutal. Um, and, you know, I'm uh, I'm sorry, the second game against Stanford was pretty brutal. Um, and coming off of that, like Michael said, that loss uh, is, is – I want to see them – you know, kind of build up some steam against Texas. Um, and so I, I, it's not too tough of an opponent uh, um, to, to go in there and go ahead and get a wing. But Ellinger had a solid game in that last game against Tulsa. So, I mean, I people don't believe in momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we talked about it in our, in our uh, preview with Texas really trying to reestablish themselves as a national name, as, a, as the brand. I mean, they're very proud down there. Um, you know, I, I think the fact that they were able to rebound from that loss against Maryland, you know, moving on, they got TCU. I think they're they're I think just the mental toughness aspect is going to be the key to the game to me. Can USC really overcome um, um, having that loss and and you know not get uh, uh, too caught up and and go on into Texas and and uh, and try and get this ball game, man? And I, again. I'm I no I'm talking a lot about uh about not overlooking opponents, but um I, I just want USC to not be so uh pressed to hurry up and, and rid themselves of the stink from that Stanford loss, um, mm-hmm. that they overexert themselves against Texas. Like I said, they they're 'cause they're trending in the right direction, I I think, with that solid play in that second game. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how the game will unfold um, in the second half because um, I think it was um, the last game that Ellinger played. He had like two late um, interceptions that you know um, that were kind of crucial. Um, yeah, so it was in Mar- uh, it was against against Maryland. Yeah, when they lost, um, Ellinger did not did not play well in in the fourth quarter at all. Um, so I want to see how the game will unfold, not necessarily just in the first half, but how, you know, um, Tom Herman, um, will make some adjustments. Um, cause I'm, I haven't been impressed with what I've seen at all, uh, from Texas, uh, even though Ellinger has thrown over 500 yards, you know, um, and all. So, um, and then of course, how's Mr. Daniels going to play? Um, the freshman, I mean, another big test. Um, on the road at Texas, a Texas team that is is very very hungry um, to make make a statement. Because honestly, if Tom Herman doesn't begin to get the job done, this could be a. I mean, Charlie Strong was out quick, so um, he's got to establish winning football. And so, you know, um, if I had to, you know, predict, like, you know, I really see Texas coming out. Um, and really trying to make a statement uh, against this tough opponent. So we'll see. I'm, but I'm I'm curious about that fourth quarter. What's these quarterbacks going to do in that fourth quarter? That's what I'm going to be looking for. I think the key for Texas is the running game. They haven't been able to really establish. They've got some young running backs. They're trying to break into the rotation. Um, they've got the playmakers on the outside with uh, little Jordan Humphrey, Colin Johnson, and um, Devin DuVernay. Um, but the running the running game has been the issue, and then finding that consistency on defense, um, losing some guys to the NFL, um, including Malik Jefferson. Um, they've got to figure out how to get stops. So um, this could be opportunity for them to get some momentum, like uh, Ian and Keith both talked about, um, get some pressure on this young quarterback for USC and make a statement. So we'll see. Those are the big three um, that we'll be looking at this weekend. But we're going to shift focus a little bit to the NFL. Um, the story that everyone was talking about uh, by the end of Sunday night was the big Aaron Rodgers comeback um, on Sunday night between the Bears and the Packers. Yep. 
Um, you guys, what were you guys' thoughts on this game? This game had some pretty wild swings. Uh, early on, everybody was putting up memes about Khalil Mack and the Raiders. And before the night was over, nobody was talking about that anymore. <laughs> but, but what's you guys' thoughts on this game and uh, the performance that Aaron Rodgers put on? Um, Aaron Rodgers' performance kind of reminded me of when Paul Pierce went out of that playoff game. <laughs> they carried this man out. This dude comes back on the court and goes off. And, you know, it, it just had that type of, you know, you could tell, you know, because I watched the, the game almost in full. You can tell, you know, he wasn't putting, you know, hardly any, um, you know, pressure or anything on that left foot. Um, clearly, you could tell that, you know, um, he was hobbling around a little bit. But the performance for him, like, I don't think people realize how tough it is to make the type of throws that he made with, and a leg being injured. Um, it was absolutely amazing to watch. He got the help he needed from Randall Cobb. The running game stunk, so he had to be special. Um, I had Jamal Williams on my freaking fantasy team, and boy, did he suck. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, Geronimo Allison, like all of those guys really stepped up. I was surprised to see that, you know, they weren't able to get Jimmy Graham um, as involved as I thought. I thought he would be a huge target now for Aaron Rodgers. Um, but, I mean, I give it to A-Rodg. You know, the way he came back, you know, he it's almost like if he said, like, look, I was injured last year. I don't care what's going on. I'm going I'm to go back out there and try to do what I can for my team. Um, but on the, on the flip side, Chicago Bears defense looked pretty good. Khalil Mack looked incredible he's basically showing Oakland fans this is why you know we should have made a deal um but um the Bears defense surprised me honestly they really look good they put a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers um but at the end of the day um it was all about the fact that uh Rodgers was able to come back and lead them to victory um so it was it was fun a very fun football game to watch yeah, I, I agree. Um, uh, kind of separately, it was my first time really watching Mitch Trubisky. Um, and <laughs> what, what did you think? <laughs> uh, uh, I could have done without. I mean, <laughs> he, he didn't have the worst game in the world. It's just, um, uh, I know, you know, Key talked about the, uh, the Bears defense. The Packers D uh, surprised me. And without Khalil Max, uh, you know, pick six, and um, you know uh, the way there that that defense uh, stepped up, uh, Bears would have would not have done a whole lot. I mean, um, uh, yeah, Allen Robinson, their inability to really get him as involved as the, I know they were looking for. Taylor Gabriel had you know some catches, but you know five catches, twenty five yards. Um, so that it really did not amount to a whole lot. Um, of course, the story was Aaron Rodgers. Shout out to Deshaun Kaiser for being Deshaun Kaiser. Um, <laughs> just got to throw that out there. And I was a fan of his, but man, when he threw that pick, I just, I mean, it was like a fadeaway where he, <laughs> I think he was trying to throw the ball away, but legitimately threw it right to the, it was, it was golden. Um, but yeah, no. Packers running game uh, was another thing I had as a concern. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to take a beating all season long unless they figure that out. So it looks like they're going away from Ty Montgomery. Uh, Williams, like you said, you know, he was supposed to be a little bit more solid but wasn't. But Aaron Rodgers is a freak of nature. Um, the, the NFL is better for having him healthy. Uh, I know they suffered when he was out with that collarbone. And then what else did he injure? Um, I, I can't remember, but uh, the hope is he can rebound from this. I know he said he's playing next week, but it remains to be seen. Mike McCarthy isn't really, you know, saying too, too much. So uh, Chris Paul said he was playing, too. What's that? Throw that out there. I said Chris Paul said he was playing, too. So just want to throw that out there. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to CP3 for, for not mattering at all. Um, <laughs> wow. but, I mean... No, I just I, it's always fun to me, man. When these get okay, you're right. Sorry, Chris. You're you're great. You're you're somebody's hero, bro. But um, but yeah, man. I I I would I would watch that game all over again, knowing how it ends, 
just to see Aaron Rodgers as Willis Reed. Keith, don't be disrespectful and call him Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce knew what he was doing. <laughs> Wasn't nothing wrong with that man. We thought his career was over. We thought I, it was over. I thought it was Pierce. done. I thought he wouldn't have, have a leg. It was getting amputated I, in the back. I have never seen somebody get carried off and then rolled back in a wheelchair. Like, it was so much. Man, this is this is the second time we've been gifted with the opportunity to talk about that silly, <laughs> silly charade that Paul Pierce pulled. So, shouts out to PP again. Hey, but most people said, I mean, the people commentating said that, like, you know, they've never seen anyone carted off in a football game and come back and play ever. Well, he so, did he didn't they didn't he walk off the field and walk to the cart? He, no, I don't know, I don't think so. He he was literally like I don't he think walked they, I don't a little think bit. They brought the cart out on the field. They brought the cart like to the sideline or something like that. And, yeah. and he and so he walked over, over there. It wasn't like he was they you know immobilized him and and put him on the put him in an air cast or something. Yeah, who knows, but. They probably went back there, shot him up with something, and he was like, "Look, I'm playing." So, it was the it was the wheelchair that did it for Pierce, though. It's just it's so much more personal when it's a wheelchair. <laughs> it's like, come on, dog. Look, my uh, everybody, we could talk about how great Aaron Rodgers is, but I want to talk about how trash the Buffalo Bills are. This oh, just my proves how trash they are. Um, Khalil Mack obviously was a beast. Um, n- hadn't played a down with the Bears at all, and just took over that game. Um, but, but Mitch Trubisky. I mean, there's this there's this meme on Twitter right now of a goal line play where there is a wide open lane to throw it to a receiver. There is not a player within five yards of him, and players wide open the play resulted in a loss of five yards because he couldn't find the open guy (laughs) it's just completely indicative of how of how he plays and you know they have Allen robinson they have trey burt trey burton um came over from the eagles yeah they just they just aren't good and so i i almost feel bad for a guy like cleo mack i'm glad he got his money but this team is not going to be competitive they're not going to be good and he's going to be putting up a whole bunch of numbers um, in vain. So that's the that's the big disappointing thing from this. Um, and then I still have questions about how the the level of Aaron Rodgers' injury. Um, in yeah. the post-game interview, they asked him about it, and he completely dodged it, wouldn't talk about it. He just kept saying it's his knee, and he'll play next week. And we've heard that several times from players say, oh, I'm going to play next week, and then they're out. Um, so... You know they're still unclear about his status for next week's game, um, so I, I have questions about this injury this week and moving forward. Um, if he's not able to move around, how we're used to seeing Aaron Rodgers move with that lack of um, with that lack of um, running game um, and some of the issues they were having protecting Aaron Rodgers, um, he may go down again, and so they need to be very careful with bringing him back um, and trying to keep him healthy uh, moving forward this year. Yeah, you know what, Malcolm, though, I, I, I think I'm going to disagree with you a little bit in the sense of I think um, the Bears will be competitive um, because they have the likes of, you know, well, of course, that defense, I think, will will carry them a little bit. Um, but on top of that, I think that because they have Jordan Howard, who's a good dual threat running back, um, he kind of will force teams to have to have to respect his game. Um, and so, you know, of course, Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky is not special by any means. Um, but if he can make a few decent throws, um, you know, Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, um, some of those guys will be able to, you know, potentially keep them in the game. So I'm actually going to be interested to see how the Bears do. Um, but uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, Jordan Howard, you know, does really well, especially with fantasy. Like, I hate playing against him, honestly. For some reason, he always balls against me. Um, but, uh, but I don't know. I think for some reason they'll they'll still be competitive. I'm not saying they'll be like a playoff team or anything like that. But I think I think they'll uh, they'll win some games that most people may think that they may not. I uh, definitely do do not feel like they will do that. <laughs> 
have to take offense to uh, to Jordan Howard being being called a good dual threat. He just learned how to pass the ball over the off, over the off season. I mean, how to catch the ball. Um, because there was the other cat. Who's the other cat? Cohen. Cohen. Tariq Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his whole purpose was please come catch because he this guy cannot. But no, no, no. He he did make some catches out of the back. He did last night. Yeah. It's all it's all about progress. I'm just. Uh, He's their second leading receiver in the game. Yeah. No, Which tells that. you everything you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> poor bitch. Okay. <laughs> so, um, the other, what was originally going to be the the hot topic from last week was what we all love to see in the NFL, and that's a tie game uh, <laughs> between oh. the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. I, I just want to start off this topic by saying this. HBO misses a big opportunity by not continuing hard knocks throughout the season. Could you I don't imagine why they don't. The, the the amazing hard knocks episode that will come out of this? Oh, missed opportunity. Um, but yes, it was a, a lot of ups and downs in this game. Um, for a while, it looked like the Browns were off to another very rough start to the season, but they were able to turn around late, make a late push to get into overtime. Um, uh, Ian, you're our resident Cleveland Browns fan. How are you feeling about the Browns' week one performance? Um, I resent the way you said Cleveland Browns fan. Also, <laughs> sorry, was that, was that the twinge of depression in my voice? I'm sorry. It was, it put some respect on our name. Nah, it's, uh, God, what was your question? How did this happen? Why? <laughs> How uh, did you feel about their week one performance? <laughs> it's foolishness. It's folly. All such things are folly, man. It's um, it it was good to see them come back, you know. Um, I actually had to share the sentiment of Hugh Jackson, you know, but that's that's still not the outcome that you want. Um, we left a lot on the field. Um, yeah. Tyrod Taylor turning the ball over when we had just gotten in the field goal range, um, and we were on the fringe of field goal range, but. You know, what do you do when you cross midfield and you're just getting to field goal range for your kicker in overtime? You run the ball or, you know, you run a pass play, you know, maybe a little route, get to the outside, you know, get out of bounds. Or was uh, it may have, yeah, uh, I think it was at the end of regulation, actually. Um, mm-hmm. He turned the ball over. Uh, Tyrod, I honestly think uh, there was a play in the first quarter where he spun out of a tackle, um, and he went down for a minute. He got up, and nobody else talked about it for the rest of the game. I don't think he was ever right after that. Mm. Um, that play drew a penalty, and all of his passes just looked uh, significantly underthrown. And I know Tyrod Taylor doesn't have the biggest arm, but it was it was startling the way that these balls were kind of falling dead. So with all of that, six turnovers from the defense, you, you have a lot to take away and feel good about. Um, but more than anything, the fact that you left a win on the field mm. and you, you blatantly gave up opportunities, um, to put yourself ahead. That's the, that's the thing to be concerned about, but you got a new ball club. Everybody's just kind of coming together. Um, you know, there's reason to be encouraged. Pittsburgh is a Super Bowl contender. So, you know, you tie them up, you're doing a couple things right yeah, I mean, I remember, I watched that game too, and it was extremely entertaining to watch. First of all, shout out to Denzel Ward from that great school, that great school, V. All right, that's all I'll say. Um, two interceptions in his first game is incredible. Um, defense being able to turn Ben Roethlisberger over, you know, um, was it five times, was great. Now, don't get me wrong, conditions probably have a big part in that. But regardless uh, of the fact that it was pouring down raining, um, there were some things, there were some flashes for Cleveland. Let me say this. I think they win that game with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. I'm just saying. Um, I think he makes I think he makes some of the throws that Tyrod missed. I'm not kidding. I'm telling y'all. Like, I do think they win that game with him in the game. Um, so, but 
uh, with Jarvis Landry, with Josh Gordon making that incredible catch that he made. Uh, there were some definitely some flashes. Um, Duke Johnson no came in and gave intended. them some spark. Yeah. Um, not, not <laughs> at all. Anyways, um, <laughs> there were definitely some exciting things that Browns fans could look forward to. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, and it was just really bad play from Pittsburgh too. I, and Ben Roethlisberger, like just, I don't know, like those are some, some of the decisions he made. I couldn't believe, um, but you know, James Conner really impressed, you know, as a dual threat guy, um, you know, gave fantasy uh, owners some some well needed points, especially if they had Le'Veon Bell. Um, so I don't know, but shout out to the Browns. You know, some 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 things to look forward to in Cleveland. Yeah, um, man, Two good it's, things, Michael. Man, I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, ties suck. I really would. I really hope the NFL changes that. I just, I hate it. Yeah. It's always this weird, whenever it happens, you always just hear players like, I don't even know, we like, what, a tie? Why? People are just always confused. And so you don't know how to react. It looks weird on the schedule. We They just got to find a way to get rid of ties. It's dumb. Um, I would love a college football start the 25 type of See, overtime. I love that. Gosh. I love that, but you... But you hear coaches and, and other guys talk about it. They hate that. They hate college overtime. But I'm like, look, I love seven overtime games starting at the 25. I love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. But that's a whole other thing. Um, look, you can't force six turnovers and lose. You just you just nope. can't. Nope. Um, and they didn't. You, <laughs> you just. That, yes, you, you're right. They didn't lose. Undefeated. <laughs> Never lost. Uh, Never lost. <laughs> Never lost. <laughs> You can't have six turnovers and not win the game. I'll say, um, I'm I'm a, I'm very disappointed by the running game um, of the Browns. Um, with um, Carlos Hyde only um, averaging two yards a carry, uh, Tyrod Taylor was a leading rusher in this game. I would like to see them get more carries for Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson to spread that out a little bit more. Miles Garrett was a, a beast in this game. Monster. Showed every bit of why he was the number one overall pick a couple years ago. Um, and I, I, I have to agree with Keith. I think that if Baker Mayfield's in there, they find a way to uh, win this game. Uh, Tyrod did not look right after that hit. Um, and, you know, you looked at Twitter, and that was the first thing everybody was talking about was that his everything was just short. All of his throws were just short. Um, and I know Hugh Jackson doesn't want to play Baker, but at some point I think he's going to be forced to, um, because the fans are going to be asking for it. Tyrod's not going to be getting the job done. Um, and this team has weapons, um, Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, um, the tight end and Juku, um, they've got weapons. Um, if he could just figure out a way to get the ball into those playmakers hands, they'll be in a much better place. Uh, but 50 to 40, 197 yards is not going to get it done. Um, and I, you have to start having some concerns about Big Ben. Um, an, another year older. Um, you know, he just didn't look right. Maybe some of that is not having Le'Veon Bell. Or maybe some of that is just the years kind of wearing on him. We'll see as the season goes on. But for the, from the Steelers' t- standpoint, you've got to be disappointed to not be able to come out um, with this win and to play as poorly as they played in that game. Um, so let's look real quick at three, uh, games for next week of these three games. Which ones are you guys most looking forward to? We've got the Packers hosting the Vikings, Jaguars hosting the Patriots in a playoff rematch and the Atlanta Falcons hosting the Carolina Panthers. Which of those three games are you guys looking most forward to? Uh, probably Packers Vikings. That's pending uh, Aaron Rodgers' health. Mm. You don't um, want to see Deshaun Kaiser? Just hand it off to who, any I, other player in purple? I don't think I, I want to see any more fadeaway <laughs> interceptions from De, from Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, <laughs> that New England-Jacksonville game is intriguing. Um, it would be more intriguing with Leonard Fournette. Um, but unfortunately, we'll get a TJ Yelding dosage. Yeldon. 
dosage, which I, I don't I don't mind his play. Um, I just, you know, you want to see somebody with all their weapons uh, mm-hmm. take on the evil dynasty. Uh, that is the Patriots. Um, yeah, I, that that it's a very close second that um, Atlanta Carolina game. Uh, Cam is looking like Cam. Um, uh, McCaffrey, I know you were on the lookout for him uh, this season, mm-hmm. Malcolm. Um, I don't know. It, it looks like he he may get contained this year, but we'll uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. But um, I like seeing Cam with with some weapons who you know. Who are actually doing some things. I mean, he's always had some some solid backfield help. Um, so I'm just hoping that, you know, uh, the receivers, you know, really uh, really get things going. Atlanta's just intriguing. I think I kind of want to see if they're going to actually fall apart. And after <laughs> Matt Ryan looks so terrible um, in that opener, um, I think everybody's looking to see him rebound. Way too much talent on that, that Atlanta squad to look the way it did. Um, Boomer Esiason was tearing Matt Ryan apart uh, hmm. <laughs> in that first game. And so, uh, I mean, you know, he he looked awful. He really did look dreadful. We had a few different quarterbacks that came out and laid eggs. Uh, Matthew Stafford, okay, I won't get into the list, but um, I do want to see Matt Ryan. You know, he, hey, a lot of guys are saying, you know, you, you got huge, you got huge money. You know, we need huge output from you. Um, throwing the Julio was a given. Uh, Julio's Julio's going. He's going to haul in those passes, even if they're awful. Uh, but yeah, I, I need to see a Matt Ryan that is um, that is getting that team going, getting them up and down the field, and uh, showing showcasing the Matty Ice that uh, that we've seen these last few years. I know I just went through all of them, but that yes. you did. I was just getting ready yes. to say that, but um, well, thank <laughs> you, guess- Keith. Appreciate it. Good, good way to pick uh, all three as the one that you're looking forward to. Right, all three, right? Um, so I guess I'm going to um, switch it up, and I'm going to go with the um, Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, that's right. That's button on the list. But since Ian went through all the other games, I'm going to – be looking to see if Andy Dalton and the Bengals can continue to be uh, undefeated. Uh, Baltimore, of course, looked very good, but of course they played a very bad Buffalo Bills team. So, um, yeah, that's I'm very intrigued by that, not just because I'm a Bengal fan, but I, I want to see if this Bengal offense with some of its weapons, with John Ross, uh, being healthy this year. Tyler Eifert, I pray to God who can stay healthy. Joe Mixon looked incredible last um, this past Sunday. So uh, that's the game. Thursday night in Cincinnati. I want to see what the Bengals can do. Yeah, that Bengals-Ravens game should be interesting. Uh, ba- Bengals, I mean, excuse me, the Ravens actually get to play against a real NFL team instead of the sorry uh, Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Them um, sorry Bills, man. Sorry Bills. Um, I'm really interested to see what... Sean McDermott sees on tape that would make him want to play Nathan Peterman ever again, but ever, but the, uh, yeah, Ravens Bengals does, uh, interest me. I want to see, um, if Flacco and those weapons can really make some plays, um, against that Bengals defense. Um, you know, still, still want to see if the Bengals are how for real they are this year. Um, Andy Dalton, A.J. Green, um, Ross, is he finally going to step up this year and be the player that they hoped he would be? Um, those are big questions there. Uh, but of the of the three games uh, we talked about earlier for next week, I, I, I really want to see uh, the Vikings and the Packers. Hopefully Aaron Rodgers is at full strength and we can get a really good look to see who's going to be the preeminent team in that division. Um, I still really like their the, the Vikings picking up um, – Kirk Cousins, um, and I, and I want to see how this running game can shape out with these weapons on the outside. Um, and as always, I'm a I'm a Cam Newton fan, so I want to see him go up and, and uh, beat Atlanta. Um, didn't play great against Dallas. Dallas is another one of probably the disappointing teams in Week One, uh, but he's got some weapons. I want to see them kind of gel. And you're right, Ian Christian McCaffrey. He's he's a rookie. He's going to figure it out. He's going to get a lot of opportunities, helping them 
out of the backfield as a runner and as a receiver. Um, I think he could come up big in the St. Lana game as well. Hey, Malcolm, you want to see enough that you're going to watch one of these games? Nope. <laughs> nope. Thanks for asking. Nope. I just thought I'd, I'd I'd be sure. You know, I, I just I, I you sounded so intrigued. In the you words, know, so. in the words of my in my of my captain, Colin Kaepernick, stand for something even if it costs you everything. <laughs> with my Nikes, with my Nikes on. Um, I, hey, throw them Nikes on. <laughs> Um, and yeah, if anybody is burning any Nikes between size 11 and 12, feel free to hit me up, 3in1podcast at urbanartsdigital.com. We would love to have your memorabilia. You guys want to throw out your sizes as well? Yeah, nine, nine and a half, don't matter. You know, shirts, I'm a small, don't matter, you know. Hook a brother up. I'll take all your Nike gear. I'm a solid 14, but uh, some run 15, so just just hit me up before. <laughs> so we can check into that and make sure. <laughs> Tweet at you, right, bro? You know, please at E Morgan. <laughs> so we're about to wrap up the show, but you know how we like to end our shows is with our parting words. Keith, give us your parting words for the night. Oh man, uh, I don't know if I'm stealing anyone's thunder, but shout out to Nike. Um, oh yeah, I, I salute you. Uh, I will proudly go and spend some of my hard-earned money to get some of your gear, shoes, uh, hats, socks. I don't care. Um, but thank you. Seriously, thank you for um, standing up for a player who still deserves to be in the NFL. Uh, the Buffalo Bills honestly could be calling him right now. Um, but, yeah, thank you for the stance you took. You knew that it would have some backlash, but you stood for what you believe was right. Um, and so I appreciate that. Um, yeah. That's my shout out for the week. Ian, give us your closing words for tonight. Yo, just want to shout out the legendary Serena Williams. Um, legendary. Undergoing um, some of the most heinous um, backlash that I had seen, not even just the racially charged, but just the, just the, um, the, the sexually insensitive and the, the double, sometimes triple standards. Um, I appreciate her awareness, even in the moment while infuriated, she still understood that what she was doing, um, was going to start a conversation that would make a difference for brown and black girls everywhere, yellow girls, whatever, whatever, uh, uh I, you know, um, um, uh, whatever race, whatever color you are, whatever background, um, you know, women's equality is something that fellas need to take seriously. So to our lady listeners, Absolutely. you know, we do appreciate you all. We understand the plight. Uh, we understand there's some disgusting stuff that's come out in the media, um, cartoons drawn, all type of stuff that's going on. But uh, it's up to us, it's up to us men to um, to make sure our voices are heard and uh, and take some stands as well. So. Uh, shout out to Serena, um, losing with grace. Shout out to her opponent, whose name uh, kind of skips me right now, but she played a great game. And uh, I hope that something is done in that sport because uh, tennis took a black eye. Absolutely. I'm going to give my shout out to Tom Thibodeau and the Timberwolves. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, he he wore those guys down pretty far and I'm just I'm I'm really impressed by his commitment to really finishing the job and making sure that these guys are just completely <laughs> physically and mentally destroyed. Uh <laughs> re-signing Derek Rose this summer, uh signing inexplicably Luel Dang, and I'm pretty sure when Joakim Noah gets bought out. <laughs> they're gonna sign him too and just let's just run the whole thing back i think kirk heinrich might still be in shape um you know they say you can't relive the old days tom Thibodeau does not believe that he definitely is trying to just run it back again and so tom Thibodeau, you i appreciate your fearlessness because you know what everyone says about you and you do not care <laughs> not one ounce you play your guys 47 minutes a game and then just bring back all the old guys. So <laughs> I uh, 
I sincerely hope you have a good retirement plan and have saved your money because you will not be coaching long with this philosophy. <laughs> hey, man, he got to have a trophy room. Trophies of like ACLs and knees. <laughs> <laughs> just hang it up. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't understand his coaching philosophy. I'm going to play these guys 47 minutes a game. And bring back the oldest guys on the planet to play for me. <laughs> Nothing bad is going to happen. Championship. Never lost. Um, so that's it. That completes this episode of the 3 and 1 podcast. Joining us from Cincinnati, Ohio, give it up for Keith Turner Jr. Hey. And Mr. Slow Grind himself from Cleveland, Ohio, oh. International Ian Lamont Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. And it's your boy from the capital city, Malcolm Morgan. Thank you for listening to the 3 in 1 podcast. We'll see you all next time. Yeah.